Well, President Trump might have conceded without actually using that concede word, but it's buoyed the markets and the president has been happy to appear in public and boast about how equities have reached new highs on the news. Oil is also climbing steeply as the world looks towards normality sometime next year. So what do the central banks do next? Well, the RBNZ might have to control the price of house price inflation in its remit. More on that today, plus Australian construction numbers today and a heap of data from the United States as well. But really, the COVID numbers are the reality check that should temper some of the market enthusiasm. They're not going down. It's Wednesday, the 25th of November, 2020. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar is down a quarter percent, having been down, then up, then down again this session. Uh, we've got a three basis point rise in 10-year Treasury yields as well. The Aussie dollar is up 0.9%. The pound is a quarter percent up. The euro, a little more than that. And US stocks are really on the rise, a 1.5% rise in the Dow. It hit a record high today, 1.6% for the S&P 500 and 1.3% for the NASDAQ. Europe also up. The FTSE uh, is up 1.6%. The Euro stocks 50 is up 1.3%. And Big rises in oil, 4.4% for WTI. It got over $45 a barrel, I think actually for the first time uh, since the start of the pandemic, and almost 4% for Brent, and nothing to do with oil, but Tesla's share price rocketed up almost 5% today ahead of its uh, S&P 500 debut next month. So, Rodrigo Cotrill is here, Senior FX Strategist at NAB in Sydney. Uh, Let's look at this risk-on mood, first of all, Rodrigo, because we've been saying the markets were ignoring concerns. Whenever I brought it up, concerns about Donald Trump not not handing over the keys to, to the White House, everyone's been saying, well, the markets have been ignoring that. But yesterday, the General Services Administration, the GSA, started the formal handover procedure at Donald Trump's behest. And the market has responded. We've had this overwhelming positivity today. So they, they have been holding something back. Uh, morning, Phil. Yes, quite right. There's certainly been uh, a factor in the sense of, I suppose now the market can gain confidence of a, a peaceful transition that you, you, you're not going to expect a, a big, big sort of opposition to the, to, to the whole process. So that is a positive. Um, there's also been a little bit of uh, sort of speculation about what the nomination of Janet Yellen as the Treasury Secretary means. Um, yeah. um, if you recall, it, last week we had this issue between the Treasury pulling back money from the Fed. So again, that tension between Treasury and the Fed now uh, under Biden presidency and a Yellen as Treasury uh, is likely to you know go away, um, given how Yellen, of course, was was yeah. a, a, a chair and and the relationship there between the Fed and, and the government should should improve. So that also plays into the sort of positivity uh, in markets and and it has to be said as well that we've also had headlines around vaccines in terms of. Um, uh, the U.S. administration or the Food and Drug Administration looking to uh, accelerate the process of the emergency um, uh, authorization for vaccines such as, you know, Pfizer and so on. So now they're talking about, you know, the potential of potentially even three weeks of the vaccines being distributed in the U.S. So mm. all of that is playing into into the positive vibes that we've seen overnight. And I'm imagining, I mean, obviously, if there's uh, if, if the Republicans hold the Senate, then it's not going to be so easy. But Janet Yellen, I'm imagining, would be, uh, you know, very supportive of stimulus. Yes. I, I mean, at the moment, some are speculating that this means obviously more stimulus. And, 
it has to it's, it's probably worth reminding that it's not up to the treasury it's, it's really up to the, the senate uh, and uh, of course you know the majority is still held by republicans in the senate and we, we have to see how that georgia election plays out um, yeah. early in january all right well donald trump of course is taking the credit for the fact that uh, you know the the response to him saying that he's going to step aside well first of all he's, he's saying he's not i mean he's uh, because he tweeted the gsa uh, the general services administration does not determine who the next president of the united states will be even though he told them that they could uh, start uh, the, the, the whole process off but i think he's trying to straddle uh, you know his supporters to, to keep contributing money to him uh, whilst you know not seem to be getting in the way of the of the whole process but he was he's been boasting uh, he made a public appearance recently uh, in the last hour or so his first uh, public appearance uh, since the vote uh, and uh, saying, uh, you know, that uh, the, the Dow has broken 30,000 uh, and obviously taking some of the credit for that. So there we are. But th- the Dow over 30,000, uh, are the bulls going to go run rampant now? I mean, if we look at when it was over 20,000, there's a, a really steep climb up to 26 at the end of uh, 2017. So I wonder whether this is a, an important barrier. Yeah, so, so you touch on two things. So in terms of the, the Trump issue story, it's probably worth uh, noting that as much as he may be still trying to contest the election, um, important events have occurred over the past couple of days and also overnight with Nevada confirming and certifying Biden win. Yeah. Um, Pennsylvania has also done that. Georgia has also done that. So it's over for essentially yeah. he's got no, he, it, it's, it's basically over for him. So I think the market is just pricing that in fully yeah. um, and then the, the other issue in terms of the Dow um, it's, it's sort of plays into that narrative of the move or the rotation towards you know the, the, the beaten stocks uh, during because of the COVID-19 yeah. and of course the Dow now moving above that 30,000 is, the, is the, the mark in terms of um, you know recovering all the losses over the pandemic um, uh, and it's of course it's encouraging because it's, it's a reflection of, of how the market is now beginning to price in this broad global recovery which now includes you know the likes of um, airlines and, and as you pointed out now oil prices have also yeah. climbing higher reflecting that gaining confidence so, so it's, it's really good news yeah, it is well american airlines are more than eight percent today but you know uh, there's still a bit to go isn't there i was looking at the total number of commercial flights tracked by flight radar seven day moving average it's about 68,000 flights uh, this time last year it was 113,000 so it's still 40 percent down uh, you know, we know there's a long way to go, so it is looking uh, quite a way forwards. But look, the uh, the FOMC publishes its minutes uh, for from the November meeting. Uh, they've got another meeting coming up soon, of course. The question is, uh, will they be buying up longer term bonds? We've talked about this. Uh, will the minutes give anything away on this today? Um, they, they may give something away. Um, the, the market is trying to hoping to to get some hints. Um, you know, the the U.S. economy, although it is going okay in terms of those data releases that uh, come with the lag uh, when you look at the more sort of up-to-date uh, uh, kind of activity indicators such as the jobless claims which we'll get today um, uh, or later today uh, it's telling us that the, the economy is losing momentum also those credit card readings for instance also suggesting there's been a significant decline again reflecting how you know the move away from the stimulus and, and the high level of unemployment is being is being affected or is affecting the economy so uh, in that regard, because of the stalemates in the government and the Senate uh, and, and the Congress in general to, to, to create more stimulus, that's where the, the Fed needs to play a bigger role. And um, they highlighted that uh, in the November meeting, that there may need, be a need to 
tweak the way that the, 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 the purchasing program is set up, uh, essentially meaning that they might lean towards buying more longer dated uh, US treasuries. Um, and then overnight, we also had uh, Fed Williams again reiterating that as much as they, they, they're watching how the economy is evolving and things are going relatively well, they're concerned about that momentum. And he again reiterated the ability of the Fed to, to tweak if needed. Um, so it remains to be seen whether um, the, the, the weakness in this sort of up to date data is enough to, to tilt the, the, the Fed into action. Um, uh, but of course, um, it's also you know, important to remember that, you know, that this, if the stimulus doesn't come, this loss of momentum is, is only likely to, to you know, get worse, if you like. Yeah. Look, interesting what's happening in New Zealand right now. The uh, the RBNZ publishes its biannual financial stability report today, and we'll also hear from uh, Governor Orr from the RBNZ uh, giving a news conference after that. But we, we saw big moves in bond yields uh, in New Zealand, 10 years up, uh, I think 10 basis points, almost up to 0.9%. The Kiwi dollar touching 70 yeah. US cents. It's not far off that now. All this stemming from the finance minister writing to the RBNZ saying uh, that he's concerned about house prices and uh, keeping house prices in check, suggesting that should be part of the uh, the bank's remit. I mean, they house prices have been going crazy, up 11% in a year over there. I just wonder how the, how the central bank can do that without putting interest rates up, which they obviously don't want to do right now. <laughs> Yeah, so that, that's the. It, it's. I suppose there's a couple of, of, of angles about what, what has occurred. One is this has been sort of a public uh, request, if you like. So it does kind of bring into question a little bit of the independence of the bank. Uh, at the same time, it also um, highlights that the, the government is concerned about about you know the, the stability of the, the huge rise in house prices, and, and we got to remember as well that the Abian said is 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 about to release this funding for lending program. So it's going to make uh, you know easy funding or cheaper funding for, for banks as well, which again will play into into the narrative of stimulating the economy, but also likely pushing house prices high as well. So, um, so the it's quite a timely letter because of course today we have the financial stability report and and that's what the report is all about so looking about uh, you know the potential of of bubbles if you like in in the economy and of course the housing market is, is a big focus at the moment so um the rbn said has rightly pointed out that they um, you know like many other central banks uh, have looked to stimulate the economy given given the pandemic and part of the process of, of stimulating the economy is to lower interest rates thereby promoting spending and investment so it is sort of a blunt tool um, but it does have a positive effect and, and is needed in times of, of, of like this you know when we have a, a recession so um, yeah. it remains to be seen how it will play out what we also got to remember as well is that not only that being said but other central banks have introduced regulatory measures uh, such as you know limiting the amount of leverage that you can have so how much money you can borrow and, and so there are the other ways that you can uh, introduce in order to sort of ease up uh, some of that upward pressure that we've seen in house prices. Mm. So um, my guess is that that will be the focus because the RBN said we'll retain an easing bias and of course that, that funding for lending will, will is still coming. Yeah. Now you said it, you know, this, this question about the independence between central banks and uh, government treasuries 
how long is that going to take to, to, to get back to normal? Not in a hurry, by the looks of it, given that example in New Zealand and uh, perhaps with Janet Yellen uh, as the uh, new Treasury Secretary in the, uh, in the United States. Look, today for Australia, uh, Q3, construction work done. Presumably there's an, an expectation, maybe not quite so quickly, but construction is going to pick up at some point. I mean, NAB's upgraded the GDP forecast, so obviously construction is going to be a big contributor to that. Yes, uh, particularly bearing in mind all this infrastructure spending as well that is coming um, uh, along the way. So the, uh, there's certainly uh, a lot of uh, positivity to look forward to in that regard as well. We also remember that Victoria has been in lockdown, so um, a lot of the construction stopped. Uh, but now that the, the lockdown has been opened, you know, we can assume that there's going to be a, a, a resurgence in, in that activity as well. So uh, for the day, the construction work done for Q3 uh, is likely to be negative. We, we're just below consensus at, at minus 2%. And again, largely reflecting that Victoria lockdown. Uh, but when we look ahead, uh, we, we not only uh, we are suggesting that we are likely to see a solid Q3 GDP print of around 4%, but also the prospects of a solid recovery over the following quarters looks very likely given um, you know the strength of the consumer, uh, how much savings there is in the market and, and, and the role the consumer is likely to play. Plus, as we said, all, all that fiscal stimulus, uh, which is very much geared on the infrastructure side, which yeah. uh, should be positive for the construction industry as well. And lots of uh, US numbers today as well. You mentioned the weekly jobless claims that are out uh, tonight. Preliminary wholesale inventories, uh, durable goods orders, non-defense capital goods orders, the, the second read of uh, Q3 GDP. We get the University of Michigan consumer sentiment read as well. Uh, but, you know, they're historical numbers by and large. You look at uh, the US COVID numbers they're probably what really counts right now, just to uh, stem that uh, positivity that we've been talking about so t- today. 172,000 new cases on Monday, almost 1,000 new deaths. Before we get to the new normal, there's a lot of hurt uh, to be felt uh, before we get there. And uh, just to one, one parting note, Andrew Bailey uh, from the Bank of England today said a no-deal Brexit would cause more long-term damage to the UK economy than the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, but as yet, no deal. Stay tuned on that, I guess. Stay tuned. I mean, the market is still traveling with this idea that a deal looks more likely than not. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, you know, we've been here before, so we just need to wait and see how it's going to play out. Yeah, we will. We'll keep waiting. All right. Good to talk, Rodrigo. Catch you soon. Thanks, Phil. Talk soon. Cheers. Well, that was a busy one. We've got another one tomorrow morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Catch you then. Have a great day. <laughs>